All right, folks, we are Carolina Conservatives Preachers with a Punch. We are back again, and we have some more stuff to bring to you that is going to just curl your toenails and turn your hair white. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's some really shocking stuff. The attack on our children, uh, and it's coming back. We're, we're going to be attacking it and really hitting back on this. But my name is Dr. Nathan Street. I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn. And I want to say we have been criticized not only through our Facebook page but other mediums. I've gotten emails, Doctor Street. He's the, yep. he don't tell me about things. He takes things better than I do. But <laughs> I'm um, used to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to it too. But uh, we've been criticized for this, yep. and I will say that we've been criticized by the brethren on my end mm-hmm. for reading some of this. Right. We do not take pleasure in this no. at all. No. For us just to give you the titles, that mean nothing that means nothing. Right. We we must show you the content. Yes. Because when we issue warnings on our podcast, our children do not have the same the same respect given That's to them. Very true. And folks, if we here's what it comes down to is we have to know about what our enemy is doing for us to be adequately prepared to fight the enemy. It, it, there was never an instance in scriptures where Israel went into a battle that they did not pray beforehand and prepare and to ensure that they had the blessing of the Lord before they went into battle. I mean, read all of Joshua, the book of Joshua. Every time, if they did not have the, the, the blessing of the Lord, they, were, they would either fall in battle or if there was sin in the camp, they would fall in battle. But they always went before the Lord first. And so this is the reason why we do, we are preparing you. You have to know what the enemy is up to so that you can adequately pinpoint and be very strategic about how you will resist the devil. And you need to know and form a battle plan of how you're going to vote yes. in November for Absolutely. Board of Education members. And so when we get to a point where we think that we're able to step away from this huge growing list, uh, we may just go county by county that mm-hmm. is facing Board of Education elections yeah. because we want to see a, con- a conservative takeover. Yes, We want to see men and women who stand up for morality, who stand up above all else for our children. Because they're our most precious resource. Absolutely. And and I just want to say this, too, because it is near and dear to my heart. But uh, Pastor Mashburn and I were very fortunate to be able to be at the kickoff for the Guilford County School uh, Board uh, candidates uh, this past week. And uh, what a crowd that showed up for that. A lot of people that are interested in seeing a turnover of that school board there to a more conservative direction. And uh, and we un- unabashedly support all of those candidates who are running for the Board of Education on the Republican side, yeah. uh, that they are going to do a tremendous job, I have no doubt. But I want to just highlight one thing that one of the candidates said, and that was Demetria Carter. When she come out and she said that she would adamantly oppose any of these books that are found in school libraries, she will oppose those books being there, and she will support the removal of those books from the from the school library. And as a matter of fact, she even put it this way, that she ain't having it. And so that's what we're really coming at, that sort of, that sort of forceful approach that we're not having it, folks. We're not going to stand idly by and watch our children be in inculcated with this garbage, with this evil, and not say something about it and not sound the clarion 
call and not sound the alarm to make sure that you all realize what is happening Maybe in your own backyards, and yes, you may be in a conservative county. You may think, oh, that doesn't happen in my school. I beg to differ with you. It does happen, and curriculum is being written on a national level, folks, to where that curriculum is, it, it is interlaced all through the curriculum, and it's designed to turn our children. I, I heard a stat just this, this uh, last week that you have a 90% chance Even if you raise your children in a Christian home, a conservative Christian home, you have a 90% chance of losing that child and them going liberal if you put them in public school and allow them to go through public school, K-12, and then into college. You've got a 90% chance of losing that child. Mm -hmm. Folks, do you want to lose your children? Do we want to lose our nation? Because that's how they're changing, fundamentally changing our nation is through our children, and through what is being presented in our schools. You know, America's been a blessed land for years, decades. God has honored this country. He's honored us because uh, numerous reasons. Um, we've honored him in sending missionaries all over the world. We've honored him in supporting Israel. Uh, that's just two of the ways that, that come to mind very readily. But my point in saying that is that we've been a blessed nation to the yes. point that we've been blessed materially. yes. We've gotten so accustomed to the way we enjoy life in America that we have taken our focus off the important things in life. Amen. It's not getting the big salaries, no. investing in mutual, stu- in mutual funds in the, the stock market. It is raising and putting our entire life into the next generation. And we have failed in that. And I think that what we're at, we're doing now is probably too little too late. And I don't want to be so downtrodden there and depress you, but I'm simply saying the time for you to wake up is now. You can regain ground. If the foundations be destroyed, the psalmist said, what can the righteous do? Number one, you can pray and you can repent of your sin to God. Number two, you can stand where you are and never let any more inch of ground be taken. Take your eyes off of yourself, put your eyes on your family, put your eyes on God, and be proactive. These people are literally infused by Satan in many instances, demonic uh, spirits all around. And I'm simply saying that while we have been sitting by enjoying our American way of life that God has blessed us with, and you have worked hard for as well, God's blessed you with health. But all of this has been taken for granted, and, and Satan has infiltrated the house. The words that come to my mind right now as you were just saying that, Pastor, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity, our children. That is what we are really fighting for. And the way that we do that, folks, is through the word of the living God, the only true living God. And it is he who has developed, has put this in, within us, uh, that desire for liberty, for freedom, mm-hmm. because of the freedom that Jesus Christ gave to us. 
He who is free, who is set free, is free indeed. We are free through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are thankful for that. And that is all akin to what the United States was developed on through the blood of patriots that gave their lives for this nation so that we could be free and so that we could ensure that those liberties to ourselves and our posterity. That is what we are all about, and it's enshrined in our Constitution, and it is all biblically based. But it is things like this, things like this, that want to erode the very foundations of our nation through our children, to destroy our children so that our country will be destroyed and that we don't have those blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. I don't want to be somewhere somewhere in a concentration camp 15 years from now patting my child on the head and saying, I remember when America was free. I'm not going to be the one standing that. If it comes to it, I'll be the one to lay my life down. And if it and what I can do right now and what pastor can do right now is what we are doing and putting this word out. And if you don't like it, you're going to have to deal with it because we will face the slings and arrows. We'll face the stoning. That's all right. I'm happy to do that. Pastor's happy to do that. We'll take those hits so that we can get the word of God and the word of truth out to folks to let you know exactly what the enemy is doing. Too much blood has been shed by our soldiers for us to just give up and comply. Satan has chosen to work in our educational system to indoctrinate our children. And you know, before we get into the reading of these books, and Dr. Street's going to uh, highlight uh, what we're going to face today, Mm -hmm. we issue a warning already because these are going to contain more explicit language that is available to your children. Also, we also uh, want to remind you that at the close of this program, I plan to have a list of these books and the schools of which I have the data of where they're located for your benefit. I want to say this. I I met with a local GOP chairman recently, uh, just the other week, Mm. and he told me this. He said, I cannot get anyone to run for school board. Amazing. I cannot get anyone to run for school board. Let me tell you something. You need to be available. If you have to have your children in public school, you need to run. Pastors, why can't you run for school board? Amen. We now need pastors more than anything. You who know the absolute truth of the word of God, you should run for school board. You say, well, that's above uh, my calling. Uh, That's beneath my calling. No, your calling is to expose truth uh, to the world and to be that light and to be that salt. Amen. Let me tell you something. There's going to be a a time coming soon. I'm going to be revealing that I'm running for office and I am tired of it. I am ready to do it. I'm ready to do it because it is a calling to represent God in the public square. I'm tired of it and I'm coming. Amen. Now, if you are a pastor like the pastor of First Baptist in Greensboro, who is running for school board, who uh, who is for gay marriage and is for abortion, you stay home. We're not talking to you. You yeah. stay home. No one wants to hear a word you've got to say because you're not even a pastor. You're a hireling. You're a wolf in shepherd's clothing, and you're going to split hell wide open if you don't get yourself right with God for what you are preaching and teaching, and you're going to have, your, you're going to have the people's blood dripping on your hands when you stand before God. We're not looking for anybody like that because those people are the ones that will stab us in the back 
We're, we're working on the wall and carrying a, a sword in one hand and, and putting bricks up on the other. We're calling for Nehemiah pastors out there who are willing to go and stand on that wall and who is willing to, to de- declare what thus saith the word of God, who aren't afraid to roll up their sleeves and afraid and not afraid to work and not afraid to take the abuse that you might take. We're looking for you. Go and take over these school boards. What else? is more important than ministering to your community and ministering to the schools that you would have under your leadership there. There's nothing more important right now. That's where you need to be. That's the extension of your church right there is into your community. You're not called just to pastor your church. You're called to pastor your community, to pastor those children, and you need to stand up and accept that call. And I've had pastors tell me, well, I'm just staying in the trenches. You're a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a soldier. Yes. A soldier doesn't stay. They do not stay in the trenches. No. They advance. Amen. Take the land. Take the ground. Move forward. Amen. And move ahead. As, as uh, Lieutenant Governor Robinson said, get out of the foxholes. Yep. It's time for you to stand up, be seen, be counted. What side are you on? When it comes down to it, folks, what was said in, in Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But before he said that, he said, whose side are you on? And we're asking you that question too. Are you on the Lord's side? It doesn't. We always get this wrong by saying that, well, I'm thankful God's on my side. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. I'm on God's side. And if I'm not on God's side, I'm in trouble. I'm not looking for God to be on my side. I'm looking to be on his side. And if you're still still down in the foxholes and trenches, you're not on the Lord's side because he is a warrior God. He is going out and fighting these battles, and he is calling us to do that as well. Whose side are you on? Are you on the Lord's side or are you on Egypt's side? If you're on Egypt's side, it's time for you to get yourself in order and get your house in order and start serving the Lord with your full being and don't and stop hiding behind your pulpit. Stop hiding behind your parsonage door. Get out and get seen and get heard. And I've heard people say, oh, I'm just so depressed. Everything's just going to hell in a handbasket. Listen. Get out of your hole. Get out of your depression hole. Listen, I get it. Yes, it looks bad. Quit watching CNN. Quit watching Fox News. Quit watching the news. The point is, you serve a king. Amen. He's already won the war. Amen. Get in the battle. Yes. I'm sick and tired of these panty lace preachers. Get out there and (laughs) preach the word of God. We can't lose, folks. We can't lose. In all of human history, God has never lost. What makes you think he's going to lose now? Absolutely. And even if you get killed, I'm going to glory. Go ahead ahead and threaten me with heaven. Oh, please, yes. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. I mean, tell me now. I'm ready. So we issue this warning one more time, folks, and we're going to be giving you, uh, we're going to do some rapid fire through some of these children's books that are designed with cartoon characters that are designed for small children now. Um, we're going to go through some of those and hang on to the end because I have a doozy for you at the end that is going to be shocking, uh, a- absolutely shocking. Again, I mean, I'm shocked, more shocked every week that we see this. But once again, this stuff, if you've got small children or if you're sensitive to this, we recommend that you don't listen. We recommend that the children don't listen. As a matter of fact, I take some of that back. I say if you're sensitive to this sort of stuff, get over it. 
because it's time, if you're a Christian, it's time for you to stop being sensitive to this. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to listen to the truth and see what is raw and real out there. Get over it and start listening because here we go. But we do say that your children, uh, we, we don't want children hearing this stuff. It should not be in children's company at all. Sadly, it is in a lot of instances. So a day in the life of Marlon Bundo. It's a story that follows Marlon Bundo, Vice President Mike Pence's rabbit, and when he meets and falls in love with another boy, Bunny. Theme of same-sex marriage while negatively poking fun at Vice President Mike Pence. And so, so Wesley and I got married. This is Marlon Bundo talking. We had two handsome groomsmen named Muffin and Cubby and Flower Mouse named Hiccup. We ate and drank and danced the hokey pokey. The ceremony was performed by a cat named Pajama who brought her wife as her date. Okay? That's going to children already. I mean, that is something designed directly for children. Here's another. Born Ready, the true story of a boy named Penelope. This story is about a girl that believes he is a boy. It is written for young children and presents confusing ideas about whether you are a boy or girl. The family makes plans to announce his change to the extended family. But Big Brother isn't smiling. He looks mad. This doesn't make sense. You can't become a boy. You have to be born one. Mama puts her arms around both of us and pulls us in tight. Not everything needs to make sense. This is about love, she whispers. Yeah, you love your children, so you're going to tell them, you're going to mutilate them and let them be whatever they want to be and let them be completely uh, delusional. Calvin. This is by J.R. Ford. A transgender boy prepares for the first day of school and introduces for the first day of school a kindergartner for the first day of school and introduces himself to his family and friends for the first time. Calvin believes he has always been a boy, even if the world sees him as a girl. Yep, your dad told me told my mom you're a boy now. I've always been a boy inside. Are we still friends? Yes. Did you bring your jump rope for recess? Violet skipped up to me, calling out my name, too. Uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous. My Princess Boy is another book. My Shadow is Pink, another boy, another book about a boy that wants to dress like girls. Jacob's New Dress, very young, for very young children. Uh, at first, Jacob's interest in wearing dresses is limited to playing dress-up. He later makes his own dress to wear to school. When Aiden became a brother, this book uh, contains alternate gender ideologies. Transgender boy anticipates becoming a big brother by helping his parents prepare for baby's new arrival. The worm loves worm. <laughs> worm Worm and worm are different than a traditional bride and groom when it comes time to choose the, boy, worm's the appropriate word, to choose the bride and groom. Worm and worm decide they can both be the bride and the groom. What's the age uh, recommendation on that? Four to eight, preschool to three age. Preschool to three. What's that word? Grooming. Grooming, exactly. Now here, I'm going to come to that one in just a minute. Darius the Great deserves better. Now, I'm going to read from this. This is by Adib Coram. 
Um, imagine Landon touching me when I masturbated, but cringe when he reached below my waist in real life. That's, that's a Joner. Uh, someone's excited, he whispered, and poked at the weird uh, uh, pouch in my jeans made in the front. That's a Joner, I whis- whispered back, and Landon giggled. Now, these are, these are uh, uh, two kids. I mean, I was hard, but it was trapped against my left thigh. Landon used his thumb to trace my lips. I kissed the little pad on it. But then he stuck it in my mouth and rubbed it against the side of my cheek. Nasty. It was the kind of thing you would see in porn. Now, these are kids we're talking about. It was the kind of thing I had, in fact, seen in porn. That got really weird all of a sudden when he mentioned us having sex. He glanced down at my pants. Playing the foreskin fiddle, huh? Trent is an asshole, I said. But that was supposed to do when it was Chip who did it. It doesn't bother me. I've hooked up with uncut guys before. Hooked up? Just jerking off and stuff. I didn't want to know about Landon masturbating other guys. Is that all you want to do? Hook up? And these are these are two boys that are talking about this. Dreaming in Cuban. I move my hips to just the right position. It feels great, like little explosions on a string. Now whenever I'm in the bathroom, my mother knocks on the door like President Nixon's here and needs to use the john. Meanwhile, I hear her jumping my father night after night until he begs her to leave him alone. You never would have guessed it by looking at her. When mom first found out about me in the tub, she beat me in the face and pulled my hair out in big clumps. She called me a disgrace and found her knuckles, ground her knuckles in into my temples. Then she forced me to work in her bakery. She leaves nasty notes on the kitchen table reminding me to show up. These are some stuff that they are talking about, very explicit sexual stuff here. And so Hugo and Felissa stripped in their room, dissolving easily into one another, and made love against the whitewashed walls. Hugo bit Felicia's breasts and left purplish bands of bruises on her upper thighs. He knelt before her in the tub and massaged black Spanish soap between her legs and entered her repeatedly from behind. Felicia learned what pleased him. She tied his arms above his head with their underclothing and slapped him sharply when he asked. You're my bitch, Hugo said, groaning. In the morning, he left, promising to return in the summer. Unbelievable. Dreaming in Cuban on that. Fun Home, a Tragic Comic. And now this is a graphic book. Not graph. It is graphic in the sense of it being graphic, but it is. It's got pictures just in case you can't understand what the words mean. Uh, the pictures help you, and some of these are literally pictures of another another boy or girl who is giving a girl uh, oral sex. I mean, it's pictures of it. It's literal pornography in here. Very explicit pictures. It is a troubling memoir tracing life of a young girl to young adult as she becomes a lesbian. Her father's secret affairs with boys and young men. Dark and sexual family secrets, including a likely suicide. This is called Fun Home, a tragic comic. It's like a comic book that's designed for young children. And now... The one I want to get to. It is called Breathless. 
Now, this book, we have looked this book up, and this book is at Montgomery Central High School in Troy. That's Montgomery County Schools. It is in Guilford County Schools at Eastern Guilford High School, Andrews High, Grimsley High, High Point Central, Northwest High, Page High, Ragsdale High, Southwest Guilford High School. This is this book is um, this book is by Jennifer Niven, and it's called called Breathless. And this is one of the worst ones, uh, and it is the worst one we have this week. Suddenly, there's something hard and damp against my thigh, and I shift a little so he can't slide it in. Claude. His voice is blurred, like he's out of focus, and my name sounds like Claude, which I hate. I feel momentarily bad because I was never going to have sex with him. It always ends the same way. Him coming into the air or into his shirt or onto himself or against my leg. Saz says I feel safe in my virginity, like Rapunzel in her tower. Then I let down my hair just enough, enjoying the shine of it in the sun and the way it temporarily blinds the poor bastard waiting on the ground before I yank it back up out of reach. And maybe I do feel safe in it, not just because I'm saving it for Wyatt Jones, but because my life is safe and Saz and I are best friends and I actually like my parents and I don't have anything to prove to anyone. It's my body and I can do what I want. Shane is staring at me. His eyes are rolling, and his breath is coming faster and faster. He's humping my leg like a dog. His face is half-lit from the sliver of moon that shines through the crack in the door. I'll give him this. He's pretty good-looking, and he smells nice. And for whatever reason, he seems to like me. From what he can tell right now, I'm still in it. I haven't told him to stop or pushed him away until he strays a little too far from my leg and I go, slow it down, cowboy. He's going to tell his friends either that I'm a tease or that we did it. I wish I could explain that it's not about teasing or doing it. It's about the possibility. It's the almost. It's the maybe this time or maybe he's the one. I want to say for a few minutes, I make you greater than yourself and I'm greater than myself and we're greater than this barn because we're all this possibility and almost and maybe. Now he's moving on top of you. This is her brain talking to her. And you are moving with him even though you don't know how. Please, please, please shut up, brain. And then by some miracle, my mind goes quiet and my body takes over. It's as if it knows something I don't, as if my body and his know each other and understand each other, as if they're meant to move together like this. But then suddenly we're done. I mean, he's done. And this is another surprising thing. The fact that the ending seems to depend on him. I almost tell him, hey, I need more. I'm not done, but I don't say anything. It's just like that in a single moment. All those years of waiting are over. Afterward, he rolls off of me, and we lie, me on my back, him on his side, squished into onto his couch, which suddenly seems much smaller than it was moments ago, staring up at the mobile of skulls, which teeters and sways a little, hollowed-out sounds of bone hitting bone. He takes my hand. When did that get there? Now, that's not all. There is a little bit worse of that. And it is, Shane is kissing me. His hands are everywhere. Oh, yeah, I think there. That's good. The kissing is strictly for my benefit because Shane, like a, a lot of other guys at Marygrove High, is more all about the things that aren't kissing. His goal always is to get in my pants. I know this, and he knows this. And he will kiss me for a, for a while just to get there. 
And then it's all of a sudden he's grabbing me, and it's because he's so obviously into me that I'm starting to feel a bit into me too. Even if it hasn't, even if there's more awkward, terrible sex has ever been had to do on this planet, I know that technically this counts. This counts even though virginity is a heteronormative, patriarchal, (laughs) I can't help but laugh at that, heteronormative, patriarchal construct, which is so liberal speak. Uh, Now he's moving on top of me, and we've read that, that part already. And in a single moment, all the wondering is over. Suddenly, we're done. Explicit sex. Available to your children. And made to seem all so normal, all so natural to do. Which, sex is natural, but it is unnatural for children to be engaged in it, and it's unnatural for us to be talking to children about it and reading to children about it and putting it in books that are readily accessible to children about sex. God created sex. He created it as an act between a man and a woman for one one woman, one man for one lifetime. God created it for that purpose for the purpose of procreation. He did not create it to be nasty and something to be reviled as it has been put in these books. He did not create it to be perverted, which is what they have tried to do with homosexuality and with transgenderism. It has not been created for that purpose. God created it for the purpose of a one man, one woman, one lifetime. And, and you know, here's, here's something else I want to bring up because this is not really thought of. Someone writing this had to think this way. Yes, they had to. Yeah. If we had, if we were dealing with someone like this on a on a regular basis as a pastor, the first thing that would come to my mind is they were pervert. Mm-hmm. Their, their their mind is perverted because they're thinking this way. Then they're putting it into text, and they claim that the First Amendment gives it the right to be available to your children. That's their argument. Mm-hmm. But the the problem is they add to the First Amendment. The First Amendment of the Constitution does not guarantee you to put anything you want to in front of a child. Correct. And that's that's the way that they seemingly get by this. I mean, you've got a right to publish this. You've got a right to write it. You can write Breathless, you know, and the author is Jennifer Niven. You can write this, Jennifer Niven. You can write it. You can publish it. And publisher, and the publisher is Knopf, K-N-O-P-F, Books for Young Readers, mm-hmm. um, 390 pages. It was published in on September 29th of 2020. Um you can you can write this. Mm-hmm. You can publish it. This is a free country. Definitely. I mean, Harlequin romance novels have been around forever. Uh, you can you can do that sort of stuff. You your right stops when you try to set that in front of a child. Now, my question to all the folks listening here is Jennifer Niven here. Would you leave your child alone with Jennifer Niven? Would you leave your child alone with Allison Bechtel? Who, who literally has 
lesbian sex scenes in, in graphic form here, pictures of lesbian sex scenes? Would you leave your child with Jennifer Bechtel? Would you leave your child with E. Lockhart? Would you leave your child on Dreaming in Cuban with Christina Garcia? When they're thinking of these sexual situations with children, would you leave your children with them? So now, the answer is likely no. So then my question then goes a little further than this. Why would you trust anybody's children with these people? Because that's essentially what you're doing. You are trusting your children, our school children, with this, with access to these people and their sick, perverted minds and what they have thought up of for children and with children. These scenes are with children that they have designed for children. Now, if we were to take these words and put them in a picture form and then put that on a hard drive somewhere, the FBI would rightfully raid or the SBI would rightfully raid and take that or the Sheriff's Department and take those and put you in prison. Why are you not putting these people who are doing exactly the same thing in jail for putting this in front of our children, the schools who are putting this in libraries and making this this naturally available to children, they should be locked up for doing it. There is no gray area here. This is black and white. This is if you're not for it, you're against it. If you're not against it, you're for it. Yes. And let me tell you something. If you are a a public official or let me go further if you're someone running for office you've just won a primary you're facing an opponent in november and you're on the ballot if you're not bringing this up i don't want to talk to you amen i don't want to talk to you i don't want to see you i'm not voting for you you're not worthy of a vote yes I know people who are running. I know people who are on the ballot. I know people who will see a camera and do their best to get in front of it to get publicity. But they are not saying a word about these books in schools in front of children. They're not attending school boards. They're not trying to recruit uh, conservatives on school boards. None of that. I'm sick and tired of the self-serving. Now, I always bring up the question, well, why don't a DA... Step in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why don't a DA, district attorney, step in and do something? Well, in New Hanover County, uh, there was a sheriff. There is a sheriff. The sheriff of Nan- uh, New Hanover County, North Carolina, took a list of books to the DA. And Dr. Street said in one of our podcasts recently that this was the worst book he'd seen in his career. Still is. All Boys Aren't Blue. Is that not the book? It is, yeah. This was the book that was on the list. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, eight books here that were taken to uh, the district attorney. All Boys Aren't Blue, Out of Darkness, The Glass Arrow, Forged by Fire, George by The Bearded Wonder, and Stamped. Um, a Good Kind of Trouble, The 57 Bus, and Queer There and Everywhere. These books were taken to the DA. Investigators identified the particular passages that that the, uh, the parents had issues with. The DA comes up and he says, I met with the appropriate officials. I met with all of this. And the DA says uh, he reviewed these passages in light of general statute 
and that he says the general statute prohibits the dissemination of harmful materials to minors. Mm -hmm. He noted in his letter to Sheriff McMahon, the sheriff of uh, New Hanover County, that state law defines harmful material as the quality of any material or performance that depicts sexual explicit nudity or sexual activity, and that, taken as a whole, has the following characteristic. Now, the average adult person applying contemporary community standards would find that the material or performance has a predominant tendency to appeal to an, the interest of minors in sex mm-hmm. and the average adult person applying contemporary community standards would find that the depiction of sexually explicit nudity or sexual activity in the material or performance is patently offensive to prevailing standards in the adult community concerning what is suitable for minors. Now, he goes on to say, and he goes on to a Facebook show that I have not watched, but it's uh, it's mentioned here in this article, that the Attorney General's office had to weigh the defenses for potentially uh, offensive material provided by the statute. Now, they had to weigh the defenses, which explicitly exempts parents, schools, libraries, and other governmental and medical agencies from its purview, according to him, whose office found that the law prevents schools and their employees from being charged under the statute, assuming that the materials were disseminated, and all of that. That's just saying that that, uh, these employees of the schools cannot be charged for these books. Now, we get that. Ultimately, the attorney general informed the sheriff that his investigation did not produce any evidence (laughs) that the presence of these books was not a legitimate function of employment. Function of employment. In other words, his office found that the First Amendment protected the books and the teacher's and librarians who provided access to them. The Constitution of the United States, of which the First Amendment is a part of, protects the people. That's right. It does not protect books. Amen. It protects you and me from saying our mind, expressing our opinion. That's the First Amendment. It does not, nor was it ever intended to protect written material in the place or in front of or in the instruction or curriculum of children. Who's protecting the children? So the Constitution doesn't protect children. It protects garbage and filth and obscenity and nudity and sexuality. Bull! Mm -hmm. Who's protecting the children? There's not. There's the foxes are in charge of the hen house, essentially. And that's the way that they want it, Pastor. And by the way, he's a Democrat. Of course he is. But the sheriff is also a Democrat, and the sheriff took it to the DA. And we have to say, we applaud the sheriff for yes, doing his job. Absolutely. He took it to the DA. It's the DA who did not have the gonads enough to do his job. And yes, you heard me right. That's right. It's the truth. That's at least one thing that he would that he did that Danny Rogers in Guilford County wouldn't do, at least. You know, we need somebody like Phil Bird to take over there in well, Guilford County. While we were just sitting here, yeah. I sent that to another DA. I'm not gonna call his name yet, 
but I sent that to a DA that I know I'm acquainted with. I'm waiting for his response. Wow, that's that's breaking news right there, folks. And I know we're going to have to we're going to have to wind it up because we're running a little long here. But I do want to say, and I think it's very important that we say that we got a lot of these excerpts from Pavement Education Project. Yes, Pavement Education Project, and you can get you can find them online. They are doing wonderful work by they're going through these books. They are showing 100 percent of what it is that, that that we're reading from mm-hmm. and making they're making it known all you got to do is go there and find out and then you can also go on go file it and find out go file it f-o-l-l-e-t-t go file it.com and find out if these books are in your your student school and if they are I highly recommend you be down there the very next day, that same day, and you tell them that you demand that book be taken out of the uh, out of the library. And I'll I'll even go as far as to say this, folks. Maybe I'm be wrong for saying this, but you paid for that book to be in there as a taxpayer. Go in the library and take it out yourself, yeah. and let's see what they see if they replace it. If they replace it, then you'll know that they are definitely in on trying to get this garbage into the children's hands. So that's what I would do. I'd go in and find the thing. I'd take it and I'd say, "You're not getting it back because I'm I'm tired of this. We're not going to take it anymore." As Demetria said, "We're not having it. Right. We're taking this back, and we're going to take these books because I paid for it with my tax dollars, and you're not going to disseminate this garbage, this filth to children anymore." I dare somebody to do that, and I would tr- I would applaud you for doing it. And folks. This sort of stuff, we're going to keep calling out here, Carolina conservatives. We're going to keep punching at it because we're preachers with a punch. We're not going to back down. We're going to keep saying it. And, folks, you don't like it, you're going to have to learn to love it because it is what we're doing. And, folks, we are going to do everything we can to protect children and make sure that you know what's going on out there in your schools. Join with us. Help us get this word out. Share these podcasts as far and wide as you possibly can and encourage those people, especially your favorite Democrat, encourage them to listen to this podcast. I'm sure they're going to get red in the face and their head likely to spin right off, which is great. We would love to see that. Take a picture of it for us and send it to us. Mm -hmm. Folks, we want you to join with us. We really appreciate you joining with us on this podcast. And we will be back again very shortly to read, to do more stuff, to expose what is happening in our nation right under our feet, right under our noses. I'm Dr. Nathan Street. And I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn. Our children are too precious not to fight for them. Amen. You don't like what we're doing? Tough. Get used to it. I'll go toe-to-toe with you. Challenge me. Bring it on. We are not going anywhere. We'll see you next time. God bless you.